Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to John chapter 8, the chapter that we read, and reading for our text, verse 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John chapter 8 and verses 31 and 32. Disciples indeed. And this evening, with the Lord's help, I desire to speak on what the Lord says here is the path to being a true disciple, a true follower of Jesus. In John chapter 10, our Lord says that my sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. And when he putteth forth his sheep as the good shepherd, he goeth before them. The Apostle Paul, he says, let us run the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is the first begotten from the dead. He is our forerunner. He has gone before. He is the first fruits. And he is the one that said that I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So it is a vital thing that we be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here these words are very, very important to us that we be disciples indeed, really disciples. Now there are five things applied to our Lord that are spoken at this time and five things that point to what a true disciple really is. We must go back for the first one, we introduce them as we go, uh, to those that believed on him. Obviously this must be the first thing concerning a disciple. We read in verse 30, as he spake these words, many believed on him. So what did they believe? What does it mean? Believed on him. Our Lord was here testifying that his father was in heaven. He was testifying that he was the Christ that should come into the world. He was the son of man. It is the belief that those here that heard him came to the same as the Ethiopian eunuch who, when reading Isaiah 53, said to Philip, when Philip asked him, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept some man guide me? Who is the prophet's mother Christ? At the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And at the end, Philip uh, baptised him. But before that, 
the eunuch desired to be baptized, and he gave a testimony. Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And the testimony was that Jesus of Nazareth, viewed in this chapter where we are, viewed by the Jews as but being a mere man, viewed as one, and they testified, they said that he had a devil. That's a solemn uh, word saying concerning the Lord. But even though there were those saying this, there were some that believed that this Jesus, a real man, was also really and truly God. How clearly our Lord speaks at the end of this chapter when the Jews were finding occasion that he was not yet 50 years old and hast thou seen Abraham? And our Lord said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. And we know the great I ams of the word of God and the I am, that I am that appeared unto Moses. If Jesus is not truly God, he should not be worshipped, nor would there be any virtue in his sacrifice, nor would the scriptures be true, which prophesied that God himself would provide a lamb and that it should be Emmanuel, God with us. Solomon says, But will God in very deed dwell upon the earth? Many, many cults, many stumble at the idea of a trinity, three persons, three distinct persons, in one Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul, he says, Great is the mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh. And if the inspired word of God tells us that the incarnate God is a great mystery, then what a solemn thing to be reasoning it out and trying to understand it by our poor, finite minds. May we rather believe it as testified in the word of God and as testified in this passage here. John, when he writes his epistles, make it very clear in his second epistle about the vital necessity of the doctrine of Christ. And if there are those that come into our house that come to us without that doctrine, we are not to receive them into our houses. It is vital that we do not just believe in Jesus, but we believe who Jesus really is according to the scriptures, that we hold a right view of him, his divinity, his manhood, uh, truly who he is, and all what he testifies of himself is true. So this is the first thing of being a true disciple. There are those that say we are Jehovah's Witnesses. There are those that say that we love God, but they have completely unscriptural views of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and also of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, to be a follower of the Lord 
is to be a follower who believes him and believes what he testifies of himself. And remember that the reason why the Jews condemned him, crucified him, in their words, was that being a man, thou makest thyself God. In reality, it is God making himself man, condescending to be man, that they viewed rightly that he was claiming to be God, not just sent from God, but to be God. I and my Father are one. If you have seen me, you have seen my Father also. But then secondly, there is to be a believing what is his word. In our text, Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. But before we come to the continuing part, there must be a believing in what is the word, what is referred to here by our Lord as my word, that must be known first before we can continue in it. There are those that would say, well, this only applies to what the Lord Jesus Christ uttered on earth. Hence, many Uh, translations of the word or many copies of the word of God have the words of Christ in red as if they implying they are the words that are to be continued in but the scriptures make no distinction in that at all our Lord says that heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away in Deuteronomy And in Revelation, we are forbidden to add or subtract from the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It is God's word, not just part of it, but all of it is God's word. And if we believe that our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ is truly God, then every word of God is pure. All scripture is the word of God. So that is a vital point. How we esteem the word of God, what we view as the word, what we view as infallible, what we view as inspired, what we view is the word of our Lord Jesus Christ being truly God. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of them that published it. And remember, those that published it, they published that word in the Old Testament. They published the word preaching in the New Testament on the Old Testament. The word of God is the word of our Lord. John, he begins in the uh, gospel here with those well-known words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that is the second mark of a 
true disciple in what we esteem as being the word of God. Now then thirdly, the mark of a true follower is not only to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, not only to believe in the word of God and esteem every word of God as pure, but to continue in my word. And this is what the Lord said to those that believed on him. If ye continue in my word. Very often a believer does not know much of the doctrines or the truths that underlie that belief. And many of them here didn't. And you think of even the disciples before our Lord was taken up into heaven. Wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom unto Israel? Yet the Lord had said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. And so they had many misconceptions, uh, many things. The Lord said, I have many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. They shall all be taught of God. Great shall be the peace of thy children. And so it is through that continuance in the word that there is to be a following of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a solemn thing where there are those that say, well, we, we are a believer, we, 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 we believe, but, but they never read the word of God. They don't read the word of God regularly, don't read it throughout the day. They don't even attend the means of grace, continuing in the word as walking in it assembling together, worshipping together, hearing the word preached, hearing it set forth. Please God, through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. We have the Bereans who heard the Apostle Paul preached, preach once, preach on the Lord's day, the day the Lord rose from the dead. And then they went away and they searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed and so there was a continuing in the word for them searching the scriptures daily continuing in the word there's a continuing in it as well in the uh, sense of the obedience to the word thy word is a lamp unto my feet a light unto my path Thy statutes are right in keeping of them. There is great reward. The word of God is our divine instructor to the law, to the testimony. If they speak not according to these things, it is because there is no light in them. The word of God is our only guide, not tradition, not man's thoughts, not man's feelings, but every word of God that is pure. And that is a vital uh, a vital truth. And it is to continue in that. One great mark of a follower is, is not just a beginner. It's not just those that begin. But, but to follow, we read in John 6, of those that had begun, 
they had received of the miracles of the bread, the broken uh, loaves and the fishes. They'd heard his ministry for a long while until he came to insisting, except you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, you have no life in you. And then many of them walked back and went no more with him. They didn't follow him anymore. He's not just a receiving like the stony ground hearers, not just like the wayside hearers, or like the hearers that are amongst thorns and the things of the world choke the word and become unprofitable. But those that bring forth fruit are those that continue in the word. Those that look to the word of God for their food. Man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Those who rely upon the word of God as to instruct them and teach them in the way which they should go. Thou shalt hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. It is continuing in the word as that which is our daily bread and that which is the word that we so uh, depend upon, so rely upon for our food, for our manna. When we think of the Jews through the wilderness, they didn't just have manna one day. In fact, it wasn't even taken from them when they sinned against the Lord. He withheld not the manna from their mouths. They had that right through their journey. And so this is to be a mark. If we are following the Lord Jesus Christ, if we are a true disciple, then we are following close to him, close upon his word, not deceiving ourselves, saying that we are born again, we are saved, we are going to heaven, we are a disciple, and yet we are strangers to the word of God. We have no use for it. We have no need of it. There are parts of it we're offended at. There are parts of it we'll disannul. That will never be the case with a true disciple. A true disciple will have a very high regard of Scripture and in all things will go back to the Scriptures to know how to act and how to walk. If we are to follow the Lord and not follow man, then it is only by following the word of God. It is the only revelation from God to man, the only way that we will place our feet in the footsteps of the flock and in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said, Be ye followers of me, as I also am of Christ. And may we then be a true disciple of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ in continuing in his word. Well now the Lord gives a couple of promises that also are clear marks of being a true disciple, a disciple indeed. And the first is this, ye shall know the truth. 
In Ephesians, we have the statement, the truth is in Jesus. In John 14, our Lord says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto me, uh, cometh unto the Father but by me. And Pilate, he asks, what is truth? What is truth? And many have asked that question. Well, we would define truth as an absolute truth as perceived by God, not perceived by us. So often the way we look at something does not show what the truth really is. We might be standing upon the shore of the sea, looking out over the sea, and you see two ships. One is going one way, one is going the other. They're getting closer and closer, and you think, surely they're going to hit. And they merge into one, but there's no explosion. There's no hitting at all. They suddenly appear, and they're separate again, both going in their own ways. If we were to look from above, we'd probably see that there were several miles between them. But from our vantage point, it looked as if they were being hit. Sometimes on the other day, I saw someone having their photograph taken and they were holding out their hand as if they were holding something up. And I looked in the distance and I saw this old house. And I thought, yes, what you're doing from the perspective of the person behind the camera it looks like you are holding that house up. Because of the perspective, the house in the distance looked very small just to fit in the palm of the hand. But that wasn't the truth. They weren't holding up that house at all. It was just as viewed from that position. And so it is vital for us to realise that the truth is not determined by our vantage point, but by God's. And so there are three things that define the truth and will make it to be, as the Lord said, ye shall know the truth in continuing in his word. The first is knowing the truth by the word of God. The word of God is the truth. And that is vital for us to, to realise and not look for the truth in something else. You might have those with archaeology or some other things, science, and they'll say, well, this is this and this is how this happened. And it contradicts the word of God. What do you believe? Well, you believe the word of God first and all other things must be subjected to that. Though some do say, well, we are proving the word of God to be true by uh, excavations or by things that are found out. And you know, it's all very well and maybe it, could, it would be a help to some who were sceptical. But we do not need to have such proofs. We should not look upon such because in one way is saying if you cannot find that truth, 
or if they finds that evidence seems to go against the word of God, are we then going to disprove the word of God? Are we going to not believe in? And so uh, I remember reading a little book with a dear old lady and uh, she said, well, she said, if the Bible said that Jonah swallowed the whale, she said, I would believe it. And the thing is that we believe the word of God to be true primarily by faith. Yes, it is a history book. It speaks of real nations. It speaks of real people, real history. But it testifies of itself that it is the word of God. And thus saith the Lord comes some 500 times through it. And the uniformity right the way through the prophecies and those things that have come to pass that have been prophesied thousands of years before they did come to pass is all point to the word of God being the infallible inerrant word of God so we know the truth by the word of God we know it by the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so it is the Holy Ghost that takes of the things of Jesus and blesses them to us. He is the divine instructor. There are some cults that completely uh, d despise the Holy Spirit, they say, is just an emanation, is just a power from God, is not a person. But how can a emanation be grieved? Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And our Lord says, when he, the Spirit of truth, have come, he will guide you into all truth. How can we know the truth? except we have that infallible guide, the guide of the Holy Spirit. And if we do not even believe in the existence of the Spirit, it is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. Those that are born, they are born again, they are born of the Spirit. Our Lord testifies that in John 3. The third way that we know the truth is by faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We read of those that the word did not profit them, being not mixed with faith in them that heard it. All men have not faith, but our Lord is the author and finisher of faith in those that are his children. And he gives them faith. By faith we understand that the worlds were made of that which does not appear, Without faith it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you and I are to be a true disciple and follower of the Lord, and continue in the word of God, we have this assurance, this promise given of the Lord, that we shall know the truth. We should not be deceived by man. We should not be deceived by those that bring another doctrine, another teaching. We test everything by the word of God. Our Lord, when Satan tempted him in the wilderness, always answered by the word of God. 
When Satan took it out of context, the Lord answered him, it is written again. And so may we know the realisation of this precious truth, ye shall know the truth. You shall actually have your understanding opened and understand the scriptures. That's what the Lord did when he rose from the dead, appeared to the dear disciples, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. The only way of knowing the truth is to continue in the word, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that the Bible is the word of God. Well, there is a fifth mark. And the Lord says this, the truth shall make you free. It shall not just be something in the head that does not profoundly affect our lives. Now you might say free from what? Well, for some of the Jews here, it would make them free from the traditions of men and the false teaching of the rabbis, the scribes, the Pharisees. Make them free from that. But primarily what the Lord is speaking of is a freedom from sin. And this is very clear when the Lord says in verse 34, when they had said in verse 33, we be Abraham's seed were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free? And our Lord then makes it very clear what he means by being made free. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. The servant abideth not in the house for ever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So, if we go back to the illustration, a real life illustration at the beginning of this chapter. We read in the beginning, John chapter 8, of the case where the Jews brought a woman to our Lord taken in adultery and they said in verse 5, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? So there's two things with this woman. First, she has been the servant of sin. She has walked in the ways of sin, in adultery. Second, she is actually now in bondage under the law, under the sentence of death, under condemnation. The soul that sinneth it shall die, and the Jews rightly say that under the law of Moses she should be stoned. They came tempting the Lord. They were trying to find somewhat to accuse him. But our Lord used it, and he used it to convince them also of their own sin. Jesus, he stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And then he stoops down again, writes on the ground. And those that heard it, they were convinced in their own, or convicted 
in their own conscience. They went out one by one, beginning at the eldest. And then the woman is left alone. And our Lord said, Where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. She was set free. There's two things. She was not condemned by the Lord. She was forgiven. She was set free from that condemnation. Neither do I condemn thee. And also, she was cleansed. Go and sin no more. We have in John's epistle, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What the Lord is speaking of here, through him, through his word, through following him, we shall be free from the power and dominion of sin. Not sinning that grace might abound, not walking in a way inconsistent with the holy, perfect law of God, but walking in a way that God is glorified, justified. We are not sinless. We shall sin. We do sin. But we have this promise, sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, you are under grace. Paul, he says, the good that I would, I do not. The evil that I would not, that I do. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? He says, if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. His answer, who shall deliver me? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. So with the flesh, the, the, the flesh serves sin, but with the mind I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. If ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And the work of our Lord Jesus Christ is to sanctify, separate from sin, Make us to hate sin, resist sin. We have in Hebrews 12, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Those, if we truly know the Lord and follow him, him who laid down his life, suffered, bled and died to put away our sin, endured the wrath of God on Calvary's tree, if we truly believe and understand that he is the seed of the woman, that should bruise the serpent's head, he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that it was sin that wounded him. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have gone everyone our own way, and he had laid on him the iniquity of us all. The beautiful words of Isaiah 53, setting forth the sufferings of our Lord, bearing the sin of his people. And so we have this further test of being a real follower of the Lord. That those truths that we know, they have a practical effect in our lives. It makes us to desire a holy walk. 
to resist sin, to fight against it, to confess it, to mourn over our sins, to pray like uh, Jabez did. Oh, that thou hast blessed me indeed, thou hast enlarged my coast, that thou hast keep me from evil, that it do not grieve me. Now often we need renewing unto this. Sin has a hardening effect. But the Lord has said that he chastens every son whom he receiveth. He lovingly corrects them through the word. When they don't hearken to the word, then he brings the rod in some way, in providence, in sickness, or something that happens, brings us under the rod, and then brings us back again, just like a good father would his children. If ye be without chastisement, of which all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. No, the Lord chastens every one of his children, and it is so that they are made free from condemnation, free from sin, free from its having dominion in their lives, free from its, its effect upon their heart as overcoming them and free from a conscience that accuses them before God. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. It is the work of God, it is the work of our Lord to truly make us free and to give us those sweet exceptions to the rage of sin and the rage of hell. And those are sweet, sacred times when the conflict is stilled, the winds, the waves, the billows of temptation are stilled and the sweet peace and blessing of God comes in the soul. And that is the Lord's work to do that. And so may we have these five marks of a disciple indeed, one that believes that Jesus of Nazareth is the eternal Son of God, truly God and truly man, God manifest in the flesh, that we be those that believe that the whole Bible, the words, the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, that every word of God is pure, and those then that continue in that word, and that it is their meat and their drink daily, and it is a lamp unto their feet, their manna for their souls. And there are those that the Lord fulfills his promise that causes them to know the truth, and that truth has such a sanctifying effect, it sets them free from condemnation, from the power and dominion of, free, of sin, we might say also, sets free from the traditions of man, sets free from Satan's snares, sets free from the spirit of this world, and sets free to truly follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. May we truly be disciples indeed. 
Amen.